1: Hello and welcome to the 249th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida.
0: And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim, it's a big week.
1: It's a big week. And we recorded last week, the day, like the morning of the reveal of the new Ineos kit. Because remember, we were mm. disappointed on just the font level of the yeah of the other. That
0: case. was that was all the disappointment we were allowed to have at that time. But I uh, I have an expectation that maybe our our disappointment level has grown since then.
1: I think that's a fair expectation <laughs> assumption. Now we have not had a chance, you and I, to de- debrief on this. Um, no, we haven't. Okay, I am,
0: I am eagerly awaiting your thoughts on this kit.
1: Okay, on a scale, so let's do this at the same time. We'll do like a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being, oh, I don't know. What's the greatest kit of all time? Map uh, A. MAPA. AG2R, okay. Ma- Map A. <laughs> all right. And then the zero being, I mean, w- what would be the worst kit of all time? Uh, Well, that would foot-on? be
0: probably, oh, yeah. The foot on I mean, kit? Yeah, like that's it, true. Yeah. Like
1: there's ironic love, but then there's the foot on kit. For mm-hmm. those that don't remember the foot on kit, was, it lasted one season. It was this really weird gold slash natural tone, like yeah. like white skin tone was,
0: color. I guess it. it was unfortunate.
1: Yeah, um, I was
0: I was trying to debate between which year of Astana I was going to say, but uh, you pulled out the futon, so
1: okay, so <laughs> so just look it up. Foot on if you want. It's got a giant footprint on it. Okay, so that's a one. 10 being, uh, mape, mape, sorry. Um, and at the same time, we're going to like, we're going to count down like one, two, three, and then we're both going to give the score of the new Ineos kit at the same time.
0: Okay. Rock, paper, scissors style. Yeah. I like it. Okay. I, uh, I honestly don't know what number I'm going to throw out yet. So this will be interesting.
1: One, two, three, three, five. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting okay so let me tell you why it's a little bit higher what why i put it middle of the road okay and why it's, yeah I, I i can tell you why it's not higher so the reason it's not higher is because the gradient
0: yeah you're down on the gradient
1: the gradient is, is horrible
0: which is a huge trend this year
1: yeah the the, the gradient on this one is just it's, it's you horrible. are uh not a you're fan.
0: going against the gradient tim
1: yes i am there's only one team that does the gradient right this year in my opinion and this is a continuation okay. of last year and that's movie star cuz i think it uh-huh. it runs it a little bit better on the bottom and the movie star gradient is into a navy blue which I
0: just I, I disagree so hard on that but i'll let you have your moment here sorry Okay.
1: <laughs> this gradient barely gets to um mid chest level like it's it's red yeah. and then it's like almost black immediately. Yeah. Here's why it's a little bit higher on my scale. Okay. It's because it is the color red. It's like it's just enough of that. You know, as many were saying on Twitter, that rust water, like they've been fracking in your neighborhood, so your your tap water is a little <laughs> bit rusty. Like, yeah. I kind of like the 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 Pantone of that red.
0: So you're saying it's on brand.
1: It's a ruby red. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So that's why I give it a five. Middle of the road. But the gradient is just it's just too much. Too too many yeah. people have gradients right now.
0: Oh uh, I thought for sure yellow lotto was gonna get your favorite gradient, but um with, that is uh the, that is aside the point. The dot um, matrix.
1: You like the dot matrix on the yellow lotto? The jumbo vismo?
0: I'm I'm pretty into it. I, like I gotta that. say, more than the movie star, that's for sure. Um so this kit. Like they hyped it up, you know, and then they released the the blue version, the sky version, where it was just the sky logo replaced with the 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 new logo um and I was like, okay, whatever, like I get it, it's a little in between thing uh, and they were hyping up this big kit release and and I'm just like i was I was ready for the next new excited because when the sky kit originally came out like looking back at it, it doesn't look that great but like at the time that thing was like oh man which, that looks great like sky that kit? is a the original original sky kit
1: okay the original um, one not the not the one the, that they wore the, last like earlier this year no like
0: blue. the raffle one yeah. you know like anyway it it, it It was designed, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just, like, a bunch of logos slapped together over some kind of template background like most pro kits had been. Um, And they really broke the mold. And I was ready for the new Sky 2.0 or whatever to do the same. And they were hyping this up so much that I was like, oh, it's going to be incredible. And then they put it out. And it was like they just went into the file and changed blue to red, and that was it. Like, yeah, that was, I was just like deflated. You know what I mean? Like it was. A quick- I was more let down less by how the kit looks, but then by just like that it was no different really.
1: So here's my question: Was it? Will we see a little bit of an advancement next season? So basically, they've given us two kits because we understand why they had to use the the team sure. sky template for the tour of uh, romandy to start yeah. right because they couldn't bridge because it started on date. the yeah because yeah, it was like the bridge dates but i'm hoping next season we get something a little bit better but i i like the red like i i think it's a good pantone choice really I'm, really brings uh, out the Chris lawless's eyes
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the red is not bad um We we've seen we have noted these trends in the Peloton over the years where, you know, like everything's blue for a couple of years and then it shifts and everything's white for a couple of years and then everything shifts and all the kits are black for a few years. And and I feel like we're we're sort of in that blue zone right now, like we've come out of black. Everyone's kit was black and then we went blue and uh, and now they're maybe trying to be the standard bearer and change it to red where. Let's let's be honest here, brutally honest. Kofidis has been the whole time. Um, yeah.
1: Well, they like but, sprinkle in a little bit of white every now and then, right?
0: Yeah, they've they've kind of watered it down a bit, yeah. which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, well this guy comes... again or new Sky two point didn't have they didn't quite have it to go full Kofidis, which I'm disappointed by. Um, I think the kit looks fine.
1: It. That's why it's a. Five, I don't know. In my opinion, but Spencer. How awesome would it be if they would have just unveiled something that was just like, let's (laughs) imagine AG2R didn't exist or something. And then they, they just unveil like, all right, we're going fluorescent pink shorts. We're going all in like just crazy colors. That would be amazing if they did something like that. I would have so much more respect.
0: Yeah. If they just went. Totally off the grid and pulled a, pulled a education first and just were like, yeah, our kits last year were cool, but check out these ones. They're totally different, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, that'd it, be pretty awesome. I have that's not seen what, <sighs> what the uh, Kibakowski kit's going to look like. That was the only other thing I, I could think of. Like, can yeah, a National just... Champions kit be ruined or could it be improved by just a logo change?
0: It could be ruined.
1: That logo is but... pretty bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hope. that logo
1: is awful that, so, uh, uh, mm. so what so I', I, I I'll, I'll pick up a little bit on your point about how kofidis has been with the red the whole time and this goes back to what we've talked about many times with the lamprey kit right how they yep. just owned pink and purple for all those years <laughs> mm-hmm. like so who's gonna be the you know who's gonna last the longest with the blue kit
0: well it's gonna be quick step um they have They've kind of been the That's bellwether true. of blue okay. forever, but they've shifted. You know, they've they during the the era of black kits, they definitely went to a majority black kit, but they kept kind of that that blue in there, um, so it was easy enough to shift back. But oh, man. yeah,
1: I, I just thought I, of a I, kit I, that that well? we could have used instead of the foot on kit. Oh no! Yeah, silence predictor. Remember that one That's, year? Yeah. They had like that salmon color kit.
0: The salmon wasn't great. Futon, I think, is <laughs> but, still the worst <laughs> kit of all time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty bad one. So, Spencer, over the weekend and over the last week, <laughs> we kind of had this lull. Now, I've argued that this is when the tour of California should really be on, um, rather than trying to steal the shine of the greatest grand tour of them all, the Juro, which starts this Saturday. Um, okay. We had Yorkshire, which... Uh two days of yeah. women's racing, Marianne Voss taking the win. Um, doing doing Marianne Voss things, right? Yeah. So awesome to see. The greatest living cyclist. Um, regardless of gender right now. I would throw I, I would say Marianne Voss is definitely in that conversation with only Eddie Merckx. So Marianne Voss doing great things. And then you had yeah. the men's tour of Yorkshire, Yorkshire, sorry. Uh Chris Lawless taking the win for Team Sky. Raced in America for a little while with Haggins Bergman. Um, Yeah. So pretty cool to see. I don't know enough about him, but, you know, great to see him. And then Tour de Romandy. Of those three races, did you watch any of them?
0: Of those three, I watched uh, none.
1: None of those. Because I I watched a little bit of Romandy.
0: Okay, see, I'm taking my pre giro break. I know I've got a full three weeks where I need to pay total attention, and I don't want to burn out in the last week when the excitement is uh, is coming.
1: You know. So really, so really, like, we're depending on myself to be to carry the show here. Like, normally we would re- we would yeah. rely on little guy to carry because yes. we know that he would watch these races. I will say yes. this: let's just go into Romandy because I watched it. Primo's Roglic is looking pretty good. Um,
0: he is he is looking pretty good. I did you know read up on the results. I haven't watched any of it, but um,
1: yeah, I just want to put this out here. I watched a stage yeah. where he it was like the day before. It was like Saturday, I believe. Day before the time trial to finish the Tour mm-hmm. of Romandy, mm-hmm. and Roglic like could have let um, you know the folks go up the road to take the to win, and still kept the the chance to to do yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't going to happen. Like, like he, <laughs> like he, he well, was stamping. That's his, that,
0: uh, that's that ski jumper mentality where, you know, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't let anybody go up the road.
1: I mean, it was like, he looked good and it was just, I felt kind of bad. Cause, um, uh, Michael Woods was, uh, d- you know, did well in the overall, he was there. And then you also yeah. had Roy Costa, like, how awesome was... I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool to see. Uh, that was a name I was surprised to like see up there, there. at the end. Yeah. But then you had Emmanuel uh, Buchman, right? Yep. Looking good. I just... He stamped his approval, his authority on it, I would say. Now, yeah. a name Blast from the Past, Ilnar Zakharin, Zach- was also there. Yeah. But the one I felt the most yeah. sorry for was uh, Roglic's teammate... Chryswick. oh yeah and i just feel so bad because he could have won the giro if it wasn't for the snowbank so here's like a grand tour winner i mean he's not a yeah. winner because he didn't win it but no he's never going to be the he, team leader again he, ever. he
0: could have been his title could have been grand tour champion yeah but instead he ended up with the nickname the snowman
1: exactly and it, yeah and what's so sad about it is that he could have been the grand tour champion. Like, like he, he was sure he was being put under pressure at that time, but I mean, you know, I was, it's kind of weird that you go from grand tour champion to now being a really, really good Lieutenant for an unbeatable athlete, super athlete Roglic.
0: Well, we'll talk about the Giro soon enough, but uh, I don't know if unbeatable is the adjective I would
1: use. Hugh Carthy also looked good for education first that day. Almost took the win. Kind of had a last second attack. Woods kind of hmm. sat in, let him go. And I thought for a second Roglich was going to let that happen. But anyway, it was pretty good. And it was Sounds also good. good because 10th place or 11th place overall, just falling out of the top 10. Carlos Betancur uh. finished only 221 down. But Spencer. Benker is looking yeah. pretty good. So I was like, "Oh, Benker looking great. He's got to be on the Giro team. Not even on the Giro team for Movistar. But maybe he's like going to get the call to the big show in July."
0: I I think he might. You know, they uh Movistar's for all their team leaders, they're deep. Not looking great for the Giro right now. You've got I disagree. you've got injuries, you've got uh, sicknesses, illnesses. You know, Valverde's is out. Um, they got Carapaz. Like I, I still, I, I don't know. Like
1: I think won he some needs race over the weekend.
0: <laughs> he needs some more seasoning. Would they need a Bettencourt in that Giro lineup to be their team leader?
1: Oh well, they. But listen to this team that they got for the Giro. This actually isn't that bad of a team. They've got Landa, Amador, yeah. Carapaz, and then. Some helpers: Joshua Suterlin, JJ Rojas, but that's not that bad of a three-headed um, hydra to to lead the team. I I don't think they need banker huh. But anyways, Landa is already assigned to UAE, right? Or uh, sorry, Bahrain. Marita, like it wasn't that already announced.
0: I have no. There's idea. There's a hot
1: rumor that Landa is going to leave. And Harry he has going over that way because then the rumor of bahrain Marita is that Nebali's going to Trek. We didn't even talk about that last
0: right. week. Yeah, Would no, that was a hot rumor um, that, that popped
1: up. And, I like and that rumor. I love that rumor.
0: It makes perfect sense. I'm sure it makes uh, uh, Port extremely happy. Um, or Bake Malima? Molima? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe the word from on high there uh, on the Trek Sigafredo team was, uh, you know, you guys... Need to focus on these one one week stage races like the Tour of California because, uh we know you can't handle it for three weeks, and we got a guy who can now.
1: Oh my god, is, is Trek just becoming the really really cool retirement home? It's like the MLS of uh, pro cycling, right? Like you get the, like bringing over Nibali after they brought over um uh-huh. finger it's, finger it's- guns. I mean, it's like bringing in a, a Wayne Rooney,
0: you know, to to solidify your team and really give you some I spark. I love know? it.
1: Like I love everything about it. It's just kind of a pretty cool uh, way. Like all of a sudden you're like, ah, we'll take Nabali. Anyway, um, but I wanted to go back, circle back to the Bettencourt thing. I don't okay. know if professional cycling fans really truly understand the concept of the contract year, because oh no, the last time we saw a really good contract year was Gil- Gilbert right? And I'm thinking, I mean, Bettenker is in a contract year, so he needs yeah. to get the contract for next year. And this is oh, yeah. our, probably going to be one of his last contracts. because He's getting a little bit older. So I kind of just think that this is like, this is peak Bettenker. Right. Yeah. He's 29. So he's, he's racing for probably a two or three year contract. And then he'll be a little bit older. Cause you'll be like in yeah. that 32, 33 year old range which at that point you know yeah you either you're off to you're the either... farm with Chris Horner like you're, you're on yeah, exactly. whatever team is in the tour of Azerbaijan so if,
0: if you're not winning Grand tours by that point you're out to pasture for sure
1: I'm just thinking that uh this is gonna be one heck of a uh this is gonna be one heck of a season for him you're saying we're
0: gonna, we're gonna be treated to the gummy bear show all year oh
1: yeah like because he needs the contract and he needs more than one year he knows that he's in peak peak form this is it. So anyway, we got uh, that. The rest of the uh, racing, like I said, didn't watch too much. I know that uh, domestically, where they were out at Tour de Gila, saw quite a few uh, yeah social media updates from friend of the pod, uh, Abby Mickey and yep. Rally Racing. Um, yeah.
0: She was having a great race. Uh, the team in general had a great race, taking a couple stages. and um, Yeah. Awesome stuff out there.
1: So overall... The other big thing to look forward to is the tour of California. Now you're trying yes. to convince me last week that this is a race I should care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just out in California. I saw the Gibraltar climb. People talk a lot about, I don't even know if yeah. it's in the tour of California map this year, but, uh, maybe I'll care a little bit more. It's just during the Juro man. Like I only have so much attention to, to pay attention to. So Spencer, what is what do you got going into a tour of California coming up here? We're about a uh, week and a half away, right? Cuz I think it starts right. like a week from tomorrow.
0: Uh yeah, that sounds about right. Um I'm trying to do the math quick in my head, but um either way, it's on the horizon. Um so the tour of California this year I don't know, I, this is the thing. The Sheridan Italia is great. But when you break it down, we only really need to pay attention to a few, a handful of stages. Like most of them, you can just tune in for the last 10K or so and kind of, uh, you know, see if a little breakaway sticks or, or watch the little climb to the end that was custom made for Valverde. Who's not there. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and then you really tune in for the last week, um, and really dissect it all. But, um. The Tour of is short enough and, and interesting enough. And, um, you know, it has now enough big heaters that go to it that it really is a pretty interesting race. Um, I don't, I'm not going to try to sit here and tell you every stage and what you should watch and all this stuff. But, like, it's, it's well done. It's exciting. It's really cool to see. The amount of fans on the side of the road in in a at a bike race in America, which is just we, still not a thing that I'm used to. Have
1: we figured um, out if uh, it's losing so much? Mo- like it, it's one of these. Uh, <laughs> like how much money is it losing? Right? Like are we? I guess I, I haven't done the research to see how long the sponsors have signed up for. So if any of our listeners know this, I mean, well, do I? Am I going to get invested and then the race like ends two years from now when the Secretary of State ends funding? Like at tour of uh missouri or whatever remember that classic uh event um so
0: obviously amgen would be their big longtime sponsor since day one um doesn't seem like that's going anywhere um but the race is really solidifying itself in cycling lore at this time like you would be remiss to ignore it um i would not blame you like i said last week for Writing it off completely after the first few clown shows, uh, of a race that they threw those first few years. Uh, but the last, you know, the last five, six, seven years, they've been quality stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean,
1: how about I watch it and I'll I'll report back, right? So I'm willing to put in some time here, but. Can we just say, if you're on the world tour calendar, then all the world tour teams need to be there. That bugs me. Not every team's there, but it's on the world tour calendar. How's that even possible?
0: Well, they got to make room for the USA Cycling Composite team.
1: (laughs) I don't think it's them making the room. I think it's some teams (laughs) just don't want to come. And it's, uh, you know, I know this is the argument, but Formula One, if there's a Formula One race in Brazil, guess what? All of them are going to be there including the Lotus team.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is little guy's favorite, as we all know. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's you know, all right. I, I can't speak to that, but uh, it's a great race. Um, it usually is not too much to handle. Like, you can sort of half pay attention and kind of know the three or five people that are in the hunt for the win um, it's not overwhelming, but it is still exciting, good racing. And some of those climbs, man, they're just brutal.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no. Nothing but respect on that part. So, all right. I'll take a watch. Um, let's uh, head into our pre lap. When we come back, we got some viewer and former host emails, and oh. we got a little bit of a Giro Italia preview. Um, so, yeah. Let's get into it.
0: This is Abby Mickey from Rally UHC Professional
1: Cycling Team, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer, this week on the Premium Lap, we're visited once again by a couple of our friends, but first, I wanted to give a quick shout out to all of the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Thank you for their, your support that helped make independent cycling podcasts and media happen. As a reminder, you can always go into your the Wide Angle Podium Network and update your member support. So with the additions of the Gravel Lot and Roller Derby, you may uh, want to consider uh, you know, updating uh, the shows that you support because that goes directly to the shows that you listen. So once again, thanks to all the Wide Angle Podium members and subscribers.
0: Yes, uh, this show is also supported, long-time support, uh, from Health IQ. Um, health IQ is a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. You can visit them at healthiq.com WAP to learn more and get a free quote. Uh, or you can check out their life insurance FAQ page to get your questions answered um, about what they're all about, why they're doing what they do, and how they do it, um, advocating for health-conscious lifestyles uh, to save money on on life insurance it's um it's pretty cool stuff they've got science and data uh, to back it up they can get you those lower rates um for for folks that are exercising four times a week for cyclists that are riding 50 miles a week um for folks that are just taking care of themselves and if you're listening to this show uh you are probably within that realm and um yeah I know a lot of folks out there have life insurance, like through their company policy at work or, uh, something like that, but check it out because there's a good chance that you can actually save. It's, it's impressive. Uh, anyway, health IQ.com WAP do yourself a favor, check it out.
1: And we'd also like to thank Grimper brothers for their continued support. Head on over to wideanglepodium.com coffee to find out how you can take advantage of their subscription program. Grimper Brothers roasts the coffee, sends it out to you. Two different blends in particular support the Wide Angle Podium Network. We have Hello Cyclocross Friends, which is going to be your espresso blend, really get you that pep in the morning. And then we'd also have the world-famous Full Schleck Schleck Light Roast Blend. Check it out. Head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more.
0: Light roast because it's light enough to float up the Alpe dancing on the pedals, and you'll do the same every morning. And just calm
1: <laughs> enough that you won't have a stomach full of anger. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's get back to the show.
0: met
1: Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer. So I uh, always want to remind our listeners to head on over to um, iTunes. Give us a re- rating and a review. We'd love to read it on the air. Uh, we also love getting emails at the Slow yeah. Ride Podcast at gmail.com. New one came in fresh last night. Longtime co-host, first time emailer. The previous comment was a text. (laughs) Today, I saw Uh Canyon double-decker bars in real life. So that's real later. And that, of course, comes from a good friend of ours, Matt, the little guy, Alan, who must have been on the greenway. So still giving us a greenway story. And he saw the Canyon double-decker bars. Now, in classic little guy fashion, he failed to let us know how many devices were on the bars. Because I am still of the theory that these double-decker bars are made explicitly to hold as many Garmin watches as possible. In fact, these were made for that DC Rainmaker individual who does all of the reviews (laughs) of Uh technology that we all read. Great site. Probably the most thorough reviews of digital equipment, of heart rate monitors, of everything. The Canyon double-decker bars are made for him because then he can really see what's accurate data collection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I am just shell shocked over here that those were not
1: a out. not a April first joke,
0: right? Like, sure, you'll see him like maybe the guy who has to test him for bicycling magazine or whatever is is out riding on the trails with him, uh. But you know he's surely picking a time of day when no one is going to see him out there, uh, him or her out riding, uh, these double decker bars, but. For someone to have purchased them and to be riding around town just willy nilly. Yeah. It's impressive. Like I I don't know how I would react to that.
1: Bold move, Cotton. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, I can't. I can't blame little guy for not uh, whipping out the old cell phone and grabbing a uh, uh, you know uh, area 54 uh, style photograph, grainy photo of these yeah. double decker like, bars. Like, was that
1: Sasquatch? No, it's just the double decker canyon bars. I think. <laughs> yeah. the pixels yeah. are a little. Take it. I I don't know how I would react if I saw someone have them. I th- I think if I saw someone with those bars, I would naturally go talk to them about it. Yeah, and then I would go see if they removed the sticker, that's on the upper, that's on the, the upper unit, of the duplex, to see if they removed the sticker that said like, you know, don't put your hands here. Right. So, anyway, thanks for the uh, email. I hope to uh, hear from little guy on his uh, picks for the Giro coming up on roller derby as well. But uh, we got another one, eBay corner. This one comes in from Donald Carpenter. Now. I actually clicked this link and the seller has removed it. So one can only assume that it was sold, but I did see this bike before I read it um, last week. So it says it's in Columbus, Ohio, and it says new cyclocross gravel road bike. And then Donald's comments were: this is a gem men or ladies with grip shift. And I remember clicking on this and it was pretty, I think it was either a, like a pacific or a novara so maybe like half a step up hybrid flat bar bike that yeah whoever wrote the craigslist ad put new cyclocross gravel road bike on it
0: right so they had been listening to the podcast is
1: what you're saying yeah i think so and it's removed so clearly it's been sold so yeah. I wish we had the full like description, That uh, uh but Donald, thank you so much for uh, participating. A um, couple more questions here. Douglas Sniper, long-time listener of the podcast, supporter of the network. Hey, guys. After listening to the latest episode, this is a couple episodes ago, I feel that I truly understand the place for e-bikes and cycling. However, I can't help but wonder if we are setting ourselves up for something that will bring the end of days, the e-pedal pub. Oh, now, my God. We have talked about pedal pubs. Quite a few times, and how they are a travesty. Like I, I will, I will not wave at people riding a pedal pub. (laughs) Like that, that is where I draw the line. Mm -hmm. Now, you would say, do you draw the line at someone riding? You know, multiple people on a bike. No, I'd, I'd wave at you know someone that has a three, a bike that has three or four seats on it. It's just the the imbibing of the the pedal pub when they're facing inwards and. The hooting and hollering. Just go on your way, man. Just have a good time. I don't like you, don't need to say, Look at me. I'm on a pedal pub. So, Banter, an e bike uh-huh. pedal pub.
0: Ah, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I, whenever I see a pedal pub, and you know, I am, if, if, if listeners don't know what this is, it's a, <laughs> it's basically a bar on wheels with, you know, eight stools around it in a in an oval and a driver. All the stools. Have a, driver too. have a drivetrain underneath and everyone is peddling uh, a Lance Armstrong-esque gear, like just keeping their cadence at like 120 <laughs> and uh and they're enjoying their uh, cold taps um as they cruise along, uh screwing up traffic and and just ruining the atmosphere of neighborhoods as they go. Um I can't wrap my head around how these things work, like engineering wise. Like, how do you connect eight separate drivetrains together to turn a wheel or uh, two wheels that, uh, <laughs> that propel this thing forward? I have a theory that none of these bar stools actually do anything at all.
1: So it's already to, to propel
0: the bike. Yeah. So there's a conspiracy here already. And the driver of the pedal pub is really the one doing all of the work. And so in that regard, I think the E pedal pub might make some sense, but you'd take away this great training I mean, program for the future Grand Tour contenders who are You know, cruising along town with pressing nine body weights worth of people uh, around and just getting the work out of their
1: life. The training for the driver. I'm thinking the training for someone that's trying out for the Canyon Zwift team because they're keeping their cadence at 120. Now, in Minneapolis, I remember when we saw these things when they first came out. I never even thought they were cool then because they go like six miles an hour. And they're
0: in the way. I'm all
1: about blocking the road (laughs) but this Uh thing really blocks the road and then last summer remember how they the guy or the driver i don't know took took the turn a little bit too fast and dumped it and the whole like thing went sideways yeah so the pedal pub um e-bike pedal pub kind of a scary thought um
0: you know for all the uh grief cyclists get for not wearing helmets no one in the pedal pub's ever wearing a helmet and they're drinking beer at the same
1: time. Got an email here from Philip Lavoie. Whoa, what? I'm moving to Minneapolis in a couple of weeks for work. Never been. Any ideas on what to do, see, ride, or race? Heck, any tips, shops, etc. would be more than I know. Be good uh. and much love from Phil. Now, Phil was down here in Disney World. Um, I was unable to uh, go down and, and do a monorail ride with Phil and his uh, family, <laughs> but... Spencer, oh, for someone we've got tips. for someone moving to Minneapolis yeah. right around now doesn't even have a place to live. Uh, tip number one from me: live in Minneapolis, don't live in St. Paul. If you're really if you're really into bikes, tip. live in Minneapolis. Biking in St. Paul is an embarrassment. It's amazing how a crossing a river can set you back twenty five years in bicycle infrastructure. That's yeah. number one.
0: Yeah. So uh, piggybacking off of that, I would say uh, live near the river if you can, um, because so many good routes and rides uh, coming off. Uh, of the Mississippi there. So if you can uh pull off a South Minneapolis uh near the river or somewhere you're gonna be good to go for cross loops and for road rides and even dipping into St. Paul for some good uh you know hilly road rides. Yeah.
1: So St. Paul's good to go through on bike. So don't underestimate ever, Phil, the um the ability of a good ride in the East Metro. Second tip. Yeah. Um well, I guess I don't really have a second tip. You do you don't need a call <laughs> okay. You here's know, my, like here's I, my second tip. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll set you off. Angry Catfish.
1: Yeah, that's a that, good one. That is
0: my recommendation. Angry Catfish is a bike shop in South Minneapolis. In the neighborhood, you should probably be looking uh, for a living. Great bike shop, quality work coming out of there, but also a great coffee shop and great place to meet some folks in town who are, are riding, who are into the culture, uh, it's so, an easy place to to start building a community right. if you had never been there.
1: I'll see where you're going. I'll raise you. I've got two. If we're going shop okay. tips, also one on one bike shop, one of the originals of the coffee bar. They just moved to South Minneapolis off of Minnehaha. So go check out Gino and Jen at One on One. Yeah, lots of history there. The first ever art crank. Lots of cool things. Number two, mm-hmm. if you're up in Northeast Minneapolis, you gotta go see Chuck at Behind Bars. When you go in, you might want to wear your helmet. Might uh, Don't let them know that we sent you in there. You'd be a little, uh, you know, you got to do some dodging, some verbal uh, yeah. hand grenades maybe thrown at you, but always go check out Behind Bars as well. Um, Coffee-wise, I mean, Angry Catfish can't go wrong. Um, Spencer's also a huge fan of Dunn Brothers.
0: No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, a local chain there, fine for starting your ride from not fine for quality coffee
1: let's let's piggyback this a little bit um one of the sad news this weekend but not at all surprising was that the nature valley grand prix was canceled for the second year in a row
0: yeah so if you're moving to minneapolis that is a, a thing you do not have to look forward to any longer is pro bike racing in the state of minnesota uh north star grand prix calling it quits Uh, a solid month before the race was scheduled to start yet again. Um, Not the first time this has happened. Not the first time. Um, it's disappointing, but not completely surprising. Um, you know, they announced they were coming back this year and I was cautiously optimistic and, uh, you know, it, it turned out not to be true. Um, which is unfortunate because that race, you know, really was a, a cornerstone of the scene there for a while. And, uh, it will be missed.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're definitely going to miss that race because of all the the Uptown Crit, Stillwater Crit. But let's get to the racing that is going to matter. We do got to do a little bit of a Giro d'Italia preview, Spencer. Mm-hmm. We got listeners going around. We're we'll be over on Roller Derby. We'll be betting on a lot of these. But heading yes. into the Giro, right now, I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out here four. There's four people to really pay attention to. You may think that there's another fifth or six, but I think the favorite okay. clearly has got to be Primo Roglic after what he did at Roman D. Amazing time trial skills. So you got Roglic, uh-huh. strong team behind him as well, right? So th- there's Roglic. Up next, yeah. you have, um, uh, um, so you got Roglic, then you got Tom Dumoulin. Yeah. So I would say so. Probably a second favorite, or maybe a one B favorite. And then you got one of the Yates brothers, I Simon is what the the start list (laughs) is saying. But I don't I don't know if he's the good. Could be either one, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um I he's gotta be up there. And then Nabali, obviously. Okay. Like I mean, Nabali's in his home country. Is there anybody else I'm missing?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, there's a few names you could throw in there, but I don't know uh that they are realistic. Uh, Ilner Zacharin could be one you might throw in there. Um maybe Steven Chryswick, you could uh, maybe throw in there. But um not on the same list. It's not? No. Oh. Well, anyway, the four that you named, I think, are the main players uh in this year's Jiro. Although I will say Tom Dumoulin is far away, the favorite, uh, over no, Roglic, nope. um, despite Roglic's domination of the, uh, uh, Roman D, uh, this week, that's, that's a little, uh, I, he's in form a little too early, if you ask me
1: a little too early. Sure. I just think that the, you know, we could be wrong. Like obviously in roller derby, there could be a, a classic run on the other um, aspect. The Juro could have one of these, uh, you know, like mountain goat ricers that kind of gets off in the front, pulls a Vokler mm-hmm. and actually can stick it um, all the way to the end. But uh, I'm just... I, I do think Roglic just looks too good over Dumoulin. I understand Dumoulin, but I think Dumoulin probably should have just uh, ponied up and went all in on the tour. Um, I think these couple of years of just doing the Juro, you know, after the incident, after the number two incident, uh, yeah. we, we're still maybe given him a little bit uh, too much credit. I don't know. I just, I just a little, maybe has the, the ship sailed. I know he, you know, he got second at the tour last year, right? hmm But he also got second at the Giro. Yeah, that's, uh, <sighs> he's pretty good. pretty good. It's pretty I don't good. know. That might be a favorite yeah. right there. I might've just talked myself into Dumoulin being a little bit favorite. I d- Okay. It's going <laughs> to be good, but it's going to be between those two. Really? <laughs> okay. So. I was
0: wondering where you're going with that uh, logic and uh, uh, you got to a good place. I think yeah. um, wh- who I'm interested to watch is Nibali. Uh I think, uh, you know, with the rumors s- swirling around him about his team next year, does he get the full support? Does he get what he needs because he can win this race? He's obviously got the form. He's got the pedigree. He's got, you know, the, the knowledge of, of the stages and how to do a, a grand tour, obviously very well. Um, it's, it's but we haven't, Italian we team. just haven't seen a lot from him.
1: No, but let's not forget he's on an Italian team, right? I mean, this is the, yeah. this is liquid gas, which eventually became Barine Marita. So his yeah. team is pretty much all Italians. So I think he's going to get the support. And he yeah. also has a little, little helper. Domenico Pozzovivo, And it's going to be so yes. great. The one, two action. So I'm pretty excited um, for his yeah. chances. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: he's, a, I, I would say, I would call him a, a slow ride guarantee podium. Oh. But I don't know where he'll be on that podium.
1: Do you, uh, on Twitter, there's a really good Twitter account that came out of nowhere. I don't even know who runs it, but I have nothing but respect for this person. It's uh, Cycling Out of Context. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they I've had a that. they had a gift the other day of Nabali on uh, like one of those uh, ninja warrior um, programs. <laughs> like when he's like uh-huh. when he's staring down at like it was basically where you hit a trampoline and it propels you in the air and you have to like hold on to the the rings or whatever yep. to cross like a water. Yeah, grab the bar. And which you already across, know is yeah. like okay, he's gonna get some good height on this trampoline, right? So Nabala oh, yeah. like, runs, gets on trampoline. You're like, oh, man, he's going to get so much height. He's, his legs, I mean, they're just amazing. You're a little worried about the upper body strength, though. And uh, he doesn't even get close to the rings. Like, just totally mistimes the trampoline and just straight into the water. But So it's, his ninja run lasted uh, two two seconds or so? Well, I got to go back and, like, actually find the footage of him doing the ninja run because this is just a gif so he might have actually be at like the second or third stage of the obstacle course because I think it shows that he's like a minute in, but the okay. GIF is just of his fail. Sure. But anyways, okay. check out cycling out of content t- text because there's been some really good things that have been on there lately. So, um, All right. anyways, so the giro's coming up. We're pretty stoked. There's those big four. Um, stage sixteen naturally looks really good at the end. Um, roller derby's mm-hmm. got a lot of great propositions um, lined up for the uh, giro. Of course, so many The will there be a dog or livestock related crash at the Juro um, Spencer? I th- this is kind of a, a classic one for us because yeah. you always think that there's going to and right now that the the favorite is no. Um, it's a pretty big risky like actually it's two to one odds for the yes. So the, the binary ones you got kind of a 50 50 shot. But yeah. um, Spencer, there's a couple I want to talk about. I think that are perfect slow ride props that we need to talk a, lot, a little bit about here. Will second okay. place finish within a minute of the leader of the Jura de Italia. So, will I'm going to go with yes on this one personally. This is this is a very interesting one to me. It is now. What's not interesting though is that the the odds have shortened considerably on this one. So, like we need to see a little bit more. So,
0: yeah, we going to get more action. They got to get a little bit more action uh,
1: because while. I think what, that there's what, a very good chance that it does happen. I'm kind of like, ooh, I'll take the no because like there's a lot more time variance than a 60 second. Yeah, you know, all it all takes is one. No, That's true.
0: Time. It's true, and with all the there's, this is a time trial heavy uh, uh, course, um, so I
1: don't know what that means. There's three time trials, <laughs> you know, like take, yeah. how many will do yeah. Milan win? That's another well, one. that's the
0: thing. How many will World like win? Like, will they win by? Will they be nail biters, or will they just destroy each other? Like, that is what's gonna separate this, I think, b- between the very top end of the race. And uh, I, I just, I have a feeling they're gonna be very tight. Like, I'm still not gonna watch them, <laughs> but like, I think they like as the far as time trails go, they might be exciting. You know.
1: And then another uh, favorite, probably the dirtiest of them all. Will there be? a doping violation at the Giro d'Italia. I feel like this is, I feel like we're kind of due. It's been a little while since we've had some good drama for the start of a race or at the race.
0: Yeah, it's true. But I think that's for a reason, you know, uh, the marketing department has figured out that this is not a good, good look for the race. So they're going to keep it out this year. But here's the thing
1: of all of the countries that seem to be taking, well, I guess France kind of takes it serious, but. I'm just, I'm just throwing the shade at the Vuelta, right? Like of all the grand tours, which one is going to have the positive. And you're like, well, it's probably going to be the one that tests and is the most stringent and just goes into riders hotel rooms. Right. Like, cause that's what it's going to take. Um, yeah. So it'd probably be Coney and the, uh, the folks over there at the Italian anti-doping administration. They really like to go after and dig up old, uh, old histories.
0: That is true.
1: Like Valverde. Oh man. What they did to him so bad. Anyway, <laughs> what else you got for me, Spencer?
0: Uh, not much left on my list here of uh, of agenda items that I've, we needed to get to. I've got two. Um,
1: okay. So the first one is UCI Mountain Bike social media. Oh, really doing a lot to uh, live up the, the Matthew Vanderpool, um connection now. Oh. Like there's a lot of like, hey, Cross-country starts in two weeks at Albstadt, Germany. And you can tell, and then it's a picture of Matthew Vanderpool. So maybe the UCI (laughs) social media team is starting to realize that, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, we should really just go all in on this guy. Can he beat Nino? Right there. That's the seasonal story. So we've got... Yeah,
0: Nino's got to be so pissed right now.
1: (laughs) Almost four straight weeks of... uh, UCI mountain biking coming up starting on May 18th. So we're still like two weeks out from it, but then we got all Nova Mesto. And then you've got two downhills in a row at Fort William and Leo gang. So that's going to be four straight weekends. I'll be watching uh, Red Bull TV. So yeah, pretty cool. Second one, a little bit sadder, but we need to uh, get to it because for us, very important, um, a good friend of ours and individual, um, Jeremy worst of Minneapolis, Passed away over the last week. Jeremy meant a lot to the Minneapolis biking community for creating the Minneapolis Bike Love website, and yeah. pretty much uh, kind of pushed it over the precipice to become a le- like a force to be reckoned with the bike lobby. And that's why I think Minneapolis is so far ahead of St. Paul and other ways of um, really getting bike infrastructure and making the city a better place. And we lost Jeremy this past week
0: yeah no, it's true. He uh probably did more than any other one person to build up a community there like there were tons of cyclists and like people uh doing things like we had the rogue trail builders who kind of created theodore worth and and some of the trails over there that are super fun to ride in the city. We had the bike messengers, we had the super commuters we had all these factions uh and Jeremy built a community to bring all of us together. And really create a force to be reckoned with and really made Minneapolis, I think, our community, our culture, what
1: it is. And um,
0: yeah, really, really sad news uh, out of Minneapolis uh, with his passing.
1: Yeah, super. And with that, I don't think there's really anything else we can do to top uh, what Jeremy did to the Minneapolis bike scene and then also to cycling as a whole. So I'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. I'd like to thank Health IQ. Head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP and head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out how to secure your own bag of Grimper Brothers coffee.
0: We'd, uh, we'd like to thank BK1 of Ramsays Entertainment uh, for the intro and outro music that we use every week here on the podcast.
1: This is Tim in Orlando, Florida.
0: And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. the slow ride podcast Bikes, advice and rumors straight from the source the slow and on twitter at the slow ride